That was what upset my colleague, that how can you come to a church and be selling herbal products? A priest. A priest that's supposed to have taken the vow of poverty. That's what my father-in-law said, that those days he did not know priests wanted money for anything. Normally they are sold to the church. They are the property of the church. Please, I'm not here criticizing Catholics. So I'm talking about Christianity. As you find it with the Catholics, so, oh God, more with the Pentecostals. Oh, in fact, they are the ones that taught the other guys. The priest looked and said, after all these years of studying philosophy, theology, and all of that, not marrying, these boys will marry, they, will, they won't even go to Bible school. One man would just lay hands on them, say they are ordained. Then they pass a church for five years, they build a duplex. They transfer them, they buy a Lamborghini. They come back, they build a second duplex. Now the priest says, no, no, we are serving the same God. The same God is rich unto all that call upon him. This point I'm making is this. That's, that was where we lost it. We wanted to use Christ to gain the whole world. That's where the problem began. Our focus shifted. Instead of leaving things, and you know I said something at the beginning, the, the, the immediate past series we did just a few weeks ago, I explained this. That after reasoning about it, I believe the Holy Spirit gave me that insight. At least in the early, mid-80s, okay, there was a release of the power of God into the country. Maybe from the early 80s, mid-80s. By the nine, late 80s, it was gone. Early 90s, it has disappeared. This is my understanding. When they were singing, you take the whole world and give me Jesus. That bested the power of God. Except that many of those who did that, they were the John the Baptist generation. Then some of them stepped into the infilling of the Spirit. When they began to talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And they began to operate all kinds of anointings. All those things you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They, I mean, when I was on campus, I'm talking about fellowships. Too. It's not just prophecy. Clear-cut visions, words of knowledge, word of wisdom. I've been in meetings before when we're in school. That somebody wants to give a message. He said, this thing I want to say, I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. You know what I'm going to do? I will say it in other tongues. Please, who will interpret my tongues? I still remember that sister that day. I want to put up his hand and say, speak the tongues, I will interpret. I'm telling <laughs> what did we not see? But one of the mistakes we made was that we were laughing at those who said, take the whole world and give me Jesus. Not knowing they were the ones that actually bested the power that the church was working in at that time. So the more we laughed at them, the more we forsook the kind of dedication they used to make, the more the power disappeared. So after a while, it was a case of total ichabod. Listen, what I want to say, like I told you, we're in the season of Phineas. Okay? Phineas is that we just do it. Whether somebody died, that's their problem. We will do what is right. We'll say it. I will not fully Phineas this one. I will not fully Phineas this one. I just say it halfway. I will just finish it. Okay? <laughs> Many of our churches are today that are big, they are large, they are all over the place. They were birthed in the spirit, but they are now being perfected in the flesh. What do I mean? The anointing of the Holy Spirit dragged people to dumb of these men. Now they have satanic witchcraft and power structures to sustain it. 
It's not a joke. If you have discernment, you know what I'm talking about. Some of these congregations, the men that started them, they were full of the Holy Spirit. Full. Then after a while, they gathered people. Then to sustain, when the glory left, listen, this is what always happens. When gold is missing from the temple, we'll substitute with brass. When Jeroboam felt he did not have access to the temple in Jerusalem, you know what he did? He built his own idols, built his own shrines, built his own, in quote, temples, and said, Israel, why go all the way to Jerusalem? So you find, we start having all kinds of strange doctrines. It's pure witchcraft we use to sustain many of our denominations. Pure witchcraft. Mind control. You know, it's cult. We build a cult around somebody. There's a, look, if I have a congregation, maybe I go to the church, and I'm like, I go there, and they're always quoting the man in the top. I will not join them. After a while, I walk away from you people. Is it the only man God sent? There are churches that they can't read any material if their or God did not write it. That is what they call witchcraft. It's mind control. You are not, look, you are not rightfully descending the body of Christ. Some of these people, I don't want to mention names here. Some of them, I knew them when we were young. Full of the Holy Spirit. Then after a while, they started churches. They needed to keep the people caged. All kind, when you see some of the methods they use, you just shake your head. Say, what is the, what, what is all of this? Listen. The consecration. The dedication that the SU people of those days and their generation had was what bested the power we met and walked in. But we laughed at them because they did not have our kind of cars and did not wear our kind of clothes. Yes, they took some things to some extremes. But the dedication of their, in their heart was not our mate at all. Are you getting my point? Not the mate of the one we brought in. They went to serve the Lord with nothing. Willing to be poor for the sake of the gospel. Yet we began to have pastors that said, why should I preach three services? How much are you paying me? No, we said something that joke. One man said, look, there was like a joke. The man said, you do three services on a Sunday morning? How much is the prophet's offering? Now we take glory in how short our sermons are. Because it brings, look, I heard the pastor say one thing one day. I was very unhappy with him. That those days I used to preach the everlasting gospel. Like Archbishop Itawosa would say. You know what they call everlasting gospel? Two hours, three hours on a Sunday morning. He said, but the church did not grow. He said, now he preaches only 40 minutes and the church is growing. What he didn't understand is that when we, you were preaching two hours, we listened to you. Now I can't stand your 40 minute messages. They are shallow. The shallower your messages, the larger the congregation you withdraw. So listen, no, that's a matter of fact. But because we thought the size of the congregation is a sign of success in ministry, we said, what are you doing? People cannot, you know, we are start making excuses for people. They can't stand long messages. If you preach for too long, they will leave you. Ah, then go. So we, we birthed a generation that has no staying power for the word of God. You just entertain them for 30 minutes on Sunday morning. 
They just give them a few tips to use for their business on Monday. So they gather their other friends who are worldly looking for how to succeed in life. They all come and join. Then you say the church is growing. You are counting the numbers. We want to pretend that our churches are growing. We, we count goat and sheep. We, we count the, the what they call, what I want that is in sheep clothing. We count the wolves. We know. We know these are wolves. We count them. We count the serpents, everything. Anything that moves, the bacteria in the church, even the viruses, we count them. Just so, <laughs> so we can deceive ourselves that the congregation is large. I hope you're getting my point here. The people that God used to beget that release of power, they were dedicated so that when they are close, tall, they still preach the gospel. They were not angry with God. They expected the close to tear. I don't know whether you get my point. For a lot of us afterwards, if the clothes are torn, we are ashamed of it. Like for everything I've done for God, look at how my clothes is torn. I know how much my friends are wearing, how much their clothes are worth. I've been serving God, serving God. Look at holes in my trousers. Shock up and my car is not good again. Headlight is not, and you have clothes, you have car, you have everything is wrong with them is what you can tell us. But those people of those days, when they are clothes torn, really, they wore it with pride. As a sign that the world was not their own. Do you get my point? For them, it was like, ah, your shirt is torn. Praise God. That is for them, yes. We are suffering for the gospel. Now, we, we expect the gospel to pay us because of the sacrifice we have made. One of us said something the other day. It really interested me. Saying in their church that they make a lot of noise. How the pastors have sacrificed. How the pastors have sacrificed for God. How they have sacrificed for God. And he said that I'm inside these people, though, at least the, the, the leadership. So I can't see the sacrifice. These guys are young. They are in their 40s. They own houses in VGC. They have houses abroad. He said, what upsets you? Why do you keep on telling me about sacrifice? You are driving a brand new Land Cruiser. You fly first class everywhere you go. What is the sacrifice? And he said, that, look, this is what I don't understand. Then why do they make, I have no problem with your houses. I have no problem with your cars. I have no problem with the luxuries in your life. But please stop telling me you sacrifice anything. <laughs> there's, a, there's a proverb in Western Nigeria. If I tell you to make you laugh. It says, you said that fire is sick. Our fire is sick. More more we enter. On my rap will return. More more we enter. Empty rap will come out. Afa is sick. Pastor is sick. Pastor is sick. When we go out, up when we go out, empty rap will come out. He said, those who are well, are they eating the leaves with their own? <laughs> I mean, those who are well, they will eat up the leaf with. <laughs> that is, he said, you are sacrificing, you are sacrificing. Look at your cars. You are sacrificing, look at the houses. And this is keep increasing in number. You tell me you are sacrificing. Those who are not sacrificing, come. Are they living on mass? Please, I'm going to explain something here. Where our power disappeared, where our ability to live as representatives of God on this earth vanished, is what I'm trying to explain. What we found, simply, was that we wanted to take the world with Jesus. For that reason, we lost the power of Christ in our lives. That is the point I'm trying to make in this, as I'm saying. 
Life has different realms, I've said. God has called us. Listen, I said earlier, we can all look the same. It does not mean we are walking by the same principles. What the coronavirus pandemic means to the world is not what it means to us. I have not for one moment changed my mind that it is called the anger of God. If you like, identify the virus from now to tomorrow. It's called the anger of God. People say, rebuke the devil. I say, which devil? Go and tell me the devil killed the Egyptians. Go and tell me the devil killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. You've heard my gospel again and again. It is not true that our God does not kill. It's not true. When Jesus is angry and he comes down, the mountains melt like wax at his coming. One third of the earth dies when he blinks his face. He blinks, blinks his eyes. That is Jesus I know. He said to them, I do it. So when you hear of coronavirus, a pandemic, you don't react the way the world reacts. Christians, God let's rebuke the devil. I never joined them. So I say, what you do is that you pray for God's mercy. You will ask him, Lord, please. Like Amos, I saw Amos say it. He said, I saw the Lord preparing locusts. About the time, he said, immediately after the early harvest, the king's portion had been removed. The main harvest was coming. Then God was about to release the locusts. Then Amos panicked and said, God, how will Israel survive? Please, she's so small. If you release this plague, they will be wiped out. And God said, all right, this will not be. That is how you pray. Now let's join hands and rebuke the locusts. God said, eh, you want to rebuke my locusts? <laughs> my army that is sent amongst you can't. You will come to me and say, Lord, please have mercy. Please have mercy. And I believe this, when you are saying have mercy, at the same time you are saying to the Lord, we will do our work. Because the mercy of God under such circumstances does not last forever. It's only suspension for a few years. While he gives you the, you know, the time to push the gospel out and raise salt of the earth all over the place. That's what you can do. I am convinced that we, in this country, and all around us, God has shown us a lot of mercy. People are still wondering, how come, you know, because they say we didn't have healthcare system, we didn't have, how, how come the whole of Italy is shut down? We are still telling, okay, schools closed by next week. I'm going to explain something here. So, those who are in the kingdom, who are walking by the Spirit, things mean they interpret life differently. By faith, they understand. That is the only way by which they walk. They don't have any other way of understanding apart from by faith. If tomorrow a vaccine is released and it's quickly deployed all over the world and it's effective, we don't say the power of science. No, we don't say the power of science. What do we say? The mercy of God. And we're not lying. Let me just explain that to, to you. We are not lying. We are telling the truth. If science was so powerful, how come till today it does not have a vaccine for the yearly flu? No effective vaccine. They have all kinds of vaccines. They just don't work effectively. How come till today they have not been able to create vaccine against HIV? They will not start explaining that, uh, you see, the problem is that, you see, HIV, it mutates all the time. Uh, That is a problem. 
Solve it now. <laughs> solve it now. You can't solve it. It's a sign that you can't solve it. It's, the day God says, let me give you the solution. You'll call somebody. You'll show you one portion of the virus that does not mutate. You tell, look, this one, you don't even need a vaccine against it. This particular leaf, there's one alkaloid inside. Extract it. Anybody that takes it within one, six months of getting the, 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 the virus, the virus will not be able to replicate again. It will die. It is not the advancement of science. It is the mercy of God. Every, listen, as a matter of fact, every single advancement of science has been God unveiling wisdom for the earth. It just, you know, let me tell you something. I don't mean to scare you. I just mean to warn you. God is slow to anger. He's only slow. He gets angry. See, all his glory we have been collecting for a long time. There's something about God there. When the people of Israel goes into Egypt and they labor for hundreds of years and they don't get paid, God said, don't worry, I'm keeping the account. Do you hear what I said? They labor as slaves. Say, I'm keeping the account. The, the time will come when you're about to go away. I will make them pay you. And one day, you will gather the, the wages of generations that have labored in Egypt. They were killing people. You know, <laughs> Jerusalem has been killing people for a very long time. Physical Jerusalem. Abel died around that place. Abel. Before Jesus, the last prophet that was killed, his name was Zechariah. God now said, okay, I want to collect, it's a payment for all the blood that has been shed in Jerusalem. So how are we going to do it? We are now going to give them more prophets to kill so that the thing can become quick. Because it's what they call the nuclear of Amorite is not yet full. So they can fill it up quickly. Then in one, no, maybe like a few days, Rome took God's vengeance. How did they do it? Listen to this. I don't know how God did the calculation. But for every prophet they killed, he killed a number of people. Assuming for a prophet, God took ten. Or maybe for each prophet, he took a thousand. So he counted it to the last number. The Romans came and slaughtered that exact number of people to cleanse the land from the, for the blood of the prophets that have been killed. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You see where I'm going? You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'll tell you about this. We have been stealing God's glory for a long time. God will give us technological advancement. We'll give the glory to Bill Gates. God said, no problem. She's my own. I'm recording. They say, there's one angel they call um, recording angel. Write it down. Technological advancement for Windows. They did not say, thank you, Jesus. They said, Bill Gates is a genius. Write it down. They will develop a new microchip that will make processing 10 times as fast as before. They will give a Nobel Prize to one, one man from MIT. And they say the man is a genius. His father was a genius. His mother was a Kenius. His whole family was Emnius. You know that kind of, God said there's no problem. My glory, they give to another. Write it down. That angel has a long, like lawyers call it, a long rap sheet. He has this writing it down. They now what I want to tell you is not a joke. Then one day God will say, payment time. When he says payment time, it comes on in different ways. First, let's start. Give me, run their scientist mad. A scientist will get up, shoot his wife and three children after inventing one hot thing. And they will not be able to explain. God says, it's my glory I'm collecting back. Should people think you have sense? There's no trouble. 
And I tell you, the God I know is not the type that Pentecostals preach. This one, when he wants to take his payment, listen, for every one of his glories, from a user expression, that they collected and give to another, he will collect payment. Look at what is going on in the world right now. Because I say you say people have efficient health systems. Oh yeah? Use it, let me see. Say, who are those who don't have efficient health system? Africans. Come and watch what I will do for them. Now everybody's confused. What is going on here? They say, okay, why is it not affecting those people? Don't worry, just watch it. Over, they will soon tell you that Ugu leaf <laughs> has something inside that does not allow. You know, I, I, I work with these people. I know the way we do this thing. We will find something. They've tried to say it's the heat. What about Iran? All kinds of explanations have been given. Everybody's just confused as to what is going on. God said, you don't understand. Everybody that's been insulting that don't exist is payment time. That you will see this wealth you are bragging about, you will not be able to use it. Oh yeah, go to the shop now. The very things people are bragging about, God say, wait, wait, wait. Okay, you know, America will go very, it will go well with them. You know why? Donald Trump declared a day of prayer. Yes, national day of prayer. National, God said, this is what I've been saying. Do I have to kill you for you to know <laughs> you need things like this? Do I have to kill somebody first? And when you declare National Day of Prayer, it shortens the duration of the plague. That's what it does. Instead of three days, it becomes one and a half days. But God said, there's an amount of payment I have to collect. Read your Bible when God is collecting his own payment. People pay with blood. People pay. When D- David, his beloved, offended him, God said, how do we settle it? He said, no, I collect my payment in blood. You can pay slowly, three years of famine, or moderately fast, three months running away from your enemies. I, I hope you know it's no Olympics. Enemies are running with you. <laughs> you, you know, it's not Olympics. It's slaughter. Or three days in my hands. David said, God is merciful. I said, fine. So the angel, go and collect my payment. The angel had killed 70,000. 70,000. When he entered Jerusalem, he looked. The first story, God looked and said, wait. He said, now offer me a sacrifice. It still had to be blood. And in case you don't know, that animal, the blood of bulls and goats, couldn't have solved it. It was just, they just transferred that to Jesus. So don't worry, the rest of the judgment, Jesus will pay for it later. I'm going to explain something here. There is what is called entering into the kingdom and walking into the kingdom. And the major reason why we have not been able to do it is that we are too attached to the flesh. Becoming a Christian is to extract us from the attachment to the flesh. And then we walk in the kingdom. So the way we relate with the things of the flesh, very different. Very different. Like I see as an example, we don't marry for the same reasons. We don't look at our children in the same way as the people of the flesh look at their children. Like I said earlier, they not walk with God, but they see her children. So walking in the kingdom, therefore, does not mean people don't marry. But you know, they do for a different reason. For example, how do you look at children in the kingdom? They are not your children. They are not yours at all. 
They are not given to you to carry your name. You don't have a name. The only name we carry is Jesus Christ. My understanding is that God says, that's what the Bible calls, what he wants from you is what he calls godly seed. Once God gives you children, it's a special responsibility. You raise them up for God to be able to use. That is the reason why he gave you children. You can't go and hide them in a safe place where they can't say Jesus is Lord. It's about perspective. You toughen these children up for him early. You don't utter nonsense very common with worldly people. I suffered so my children will not have to suffer. It has, it has no meaning. You suffered, amen. They must suffer their own suffer or they will become useless. And many successful people have given birth to useless children as far as God is concerned. They are not useful to him for anything. It's not like I suffer so my children will not suffer. Look, I have suffered my own portion. Your portion is waiting for you. I don't know how your own is. So. Everybody has own a lot of suffering. May I not deny you your own? And part of your suffering was given to me. It's called Kuboko 2.0. <laughs> so when, as, as they are giving birth to you, God, one angel, there's one angel that's standing at the door of the earth. As you are coming, he has a wrap. He puts it into your heart and wraps it. It's called foolishness. Is that not your Bible? Yes, foolishness is bound where? Yes. So every child has born, one angel has dashed in foolishness. Why? To give the parents a job to do. Because there's only one way to knock it out. Koboko 2.0. If it does not work, use Koboko Plus. <laughs> if you have not seen that, you should go and see it. You will laugh. But the point I'm making is this. Whatever you have to do, the foolishness that is bound in the heart of the children, you have to drive it out as a service unto God. That's the emphasis. That is the emphasis. That is the emphasis. You know, some people... You know, a lot, you know, a lot of cheating going on in society. Exam and practice. You know who pays for it? For it? Parents. Listen to me if you're a parent, you do that, God will punish you. Now, I don't need you to say amen. It's an established fight. It was established before you came here. If you're a parent, you are paying for your children to, to, to cheat in an exam, the Lord will punish you. No, this one, Clinton, you are saying amen. They will think you're a wicked person. Don't worry. We are here to warn. Let that child fail. Let him fail. When he fails, he said, Daddy, I failed. He said, that means you have to read. Pay for special coaching centers, not special exam centers. Tell Bobo you have to wake up at night and read. Get an extra teacher, but let him know people don't pass because they bribed. If you do that, you are teaching the child unrighteousness and injustice. Can you see the way we Christians reason? That you see a child in your house. It is not, ah, this one will take care of me when I'm old. If you said, please let me just beg you. I will preach my message so that God will not put your judgment on me. Don't let God collect the child from you by force. God is jealous. Jealous. Anything you use to replace him is going. If you look at your children as security for old age, you've committed them to poverty. 
They will try to succeed. They will not be able to succeed. You'll be wondering why. Because if that's your God, eh, let him go and do his work now. That's your new idol. You will send a child to school. After two weeks, he's smoking Igbo. You will say, what is wrong with this child? God said, it's your God now. The one that will take care of you when you are old. Oh, and for your information, when you are old, you will need taking care of. I'll tell you about Christianity. Christianity is a crazy idea. What I mean is that one day you'll be old. Uh -huh. God said, you are not permitted to worry about that day. The only thing you can do if it crosses your mind is to give it over to me. And as far as I'm concerned, you're a small boy, even when you're 120 years old. I don't know whether I get my point. Don't, give it, don't think I'm an old man now. God said, before who? My name is Ancient of Days. They can't count my days. So even when you are old, you are still a child as far as I'm concerned. And I know how to take care of my children. Oh, anyway, we're already preaching it. I was going to say we'll get there. No, we're already there. This Christianity is not a joke. One of our brothers said something to me. Eh? And I said, this is what I'm talking about. Because of the resources God has given him and all of that. He says, sir, I know how to buy dollar and keep. Now, now you know dollar, it has, it has slowed down a bit now. I think they said it dropped to 375 a few days ago. But you know, when this shaking corona, uh, oil price, everything started, it shot up as high as four something. At the point in time, they sold for 470 because of scarcity. Because what happened, my friend Ibini told me that the um, uh, EFCC, because of the sharp prices, shut down most of the BDCs. You understand? So people could not get dollars. So the few people you could get from said, no, bring me 470. So my brother said something. He said, okay, I know how to do that. Is I can hold money in dollars to hedge against all of these things. He said, listen to me what I want to say. He said, but God forbids that I should. That because I pray for the Naira, God does not allow me to hold dollars. One day he told me that, just led to it. He said, I don't buy shares in that particular bank. I said, why? He said, the way they, are, they make their money is a sin to me. So I can't take their dividends. So he said, I've sold all their shares that I have. That they are stealing. They will finish stealing and come and share to me. He said, no, I can't take the money. I've heard pastors tell their members to go and join MMM. Whatever it is, whatever way God wants to use to bring money into your life. Listen, money does not just move with cash. It moves with the spirit. If you make money from MMM, you have bought corruption into your soul. You won't know why your car is just jamming. Let me tell one of my friends. He told me something once. Listen to what I'm going to say. You see what I'm... God is alive. Somebody say amen. amen. When I say alive, I don't mean he's just a defender. He's a punisher. He flogs people. If you see his koboko, his own is koboko plus. When he flogs his children, eh? my friend said one day, he prayed and said to God, this month's salary, I will give it up to you as an offering. Now, you know God says something. The money is your own, not my own. Anything you like, do with it. But once you have given it to me, Ananias, it must be complete. Safira, you must make sure your husband delivers it complete. My friend now went and told his wife one day that I've placed... My whole, let's assume is March. 
salary. I just want to give the Lord to say thank you for what he's been doing for us. And please, Grace, let me teach you about submission. Submission is just the way when you go to work, you know when you have a boss. If your boss says we have placed all the profit of this company to FIRS, are you going to be arguing? You say, okay, how are we going to survive? No. He said, yes, sir. If you think it is wise, say you thought it through, sir. I did. You want to just bless federal government? Say yes. Okay, sir. You're not very happy, but he's the boss. I hope I get my point. You know this one they be preaching to women? That you are taken from his side, not from under his foot. It's a satanic gospel. That is, you know, making it look like we are equal. Marriage is a partnership. Nonsense. Have you ever seen two drivers partnering to drive a car? And my driving partner. They were talking nonsense. Marriage partner. His husband. So it's marriage partner. Who is marriage partner? You have a wife. You are a husband. You are not a boyfriend. The marriage partner. Nonsense. So there's confusion in the family. We don't no direction. The children, they don't even know where they are going. Because they wake up in the morning. Mommy says everybody to the left. Daddy say, we are going to the right. So they just, they hold and say, Daddy, where do you want? <laughs> After a while, they are just confused. Anyway, my friend now mentioned to his wife, his wife now told him that, eh, how can he do that kind of a thing? That what if she too had placed her salary? How would they eat that month? Just in case you do not know the answer to that, I'll give it to you. If you had pledged your salary, from the day I heard, hear of it, I have 24 hours to tell God we are not paying. I said, God, did you hear what two former said? That's my wife. Say, yeah, I heard. She's not serious. About God, cancel that money. We're not giving you the money. Forget it. <laughs> and God will say, okay, he will cancel the, tear the dead sheet and throw it away. Your pledges don't stand until your husband hears about them and affirms them either directly or by refusing to cancel them. That's the word of God. So my friend's wife told him, what if I had also pledged my salary? And some women are nagios. Is there an English word like that? Madam, my English. It doesn't matter. You know, um, Cambridge, Oxford has added 13 new Nigerians. Even self, you know, self now is now in English. It's not an English word. Last week it was pigeon. This year it is correct Queen's English. <laughs> and some women are nagios. Your husband will do what you say because of peace. You should know your name is Jezebel. If your husband is doing what you, are, what you are saying so he can have peace, Jezebel is your elder sister. You are an apprentice in her shop. Once your husband is saying, mm, just do it so that I can sleep. Say, my, my, my husband, please, hey, can we travel tomorrow? And the man is really sleeping. He says, please, answer, now answer, now I need to book the, I need to book, uh, he says, yeah, book it, book it, so he can sleep. Don't enter that bus. <laughs> because Jonah, <laughs> Your name is Jonah. If they don't throw you out, the boss will not reach on each other. Just know you are, they just say, is there anybody in this car that God says you go to Tashi in Nineveh and is heading for Tashi? Just put up your hand and say, it's me. The Lord is good. So my friend, you know what happened? The wife nagged him well. So he finally began to quote scripture for me. I was looking at him that day, say scripture. So anyway, the Bible says that a man should provide for his household. I said, in my mind, he did not know that when you were pledging this salary. Not that God is alive. So he did not fulfill the pledge. 
So he drew the money and handed it to his wife to take care of the home. And God said, the one you have given me, I will collect my thing. I will collect my thing. The woman drove to a filling station, bought fuel, and she did not know that there was a rusty tank. They sucked water into her. You know the way it is. Sometimes you can buy fuel from a filling station and it's water. Half water was what she bought. The engine suffered serious damage. So the car was with the mechanic for days. It was fixed and it took some of the money. The balance became beginning of sneeze, diarrhea, everything. The car, the child, go to hospital. Bought all kinds of drugs. When the cost of repairing the car and treating the child equated his salary, he got well. He told me his own mouth. Since he said that all that money, he spent everything to fix that car and take care of that child. God collected his money complete. With no blessing attached. With no blessing attached. Please, God doesn't collect things nicely. If you want things to leave you easily, give it up. If he wants to collect it, he collects skin. Like now, if you take God's shirt now, you want to give him. Just remove it, unbutton it, unwind it, your shoulder, remove it. Baba God, take your shirt. But if he won't remove them, he uses a blade. Top of your skin is going with That's You yank it, your, your skin will bruise everything. That's how God collects his shirt. But if you, if he does like this, my shirt, my shirt, you unbutton it, remove it gently. If he holds it by himself, when he pulls it, you will think you are with Jesus during weeping. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Now, in all honesty, how I got there, I am totally confused right now. I don't even know how I reached that point. I don't know how I got there, but I'm sure somebody learned one or two things from that. But the point I'm making all of this is this. The way we relate with life as people in the kingdom is different. And that is what it means to be born again. Let me say this, please, for a few minutes and I'll close. When we're talking about being born again, alright, God is introducing us into a different realm of walking, which on the surface looks like normal life. But our operations are different and the results thereof are different. For example, people are looking for maybe they want to rent a house. An average person gets a house by chance. But the person in the kingdom does not get a house by chance. The angels will go out. Now listen to me, and I want you to understand that. The angels will not give you what you can afford. They will give you the one that the kingdom says you should take. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Those who don't understand, let, let me give you an example now. Let us assume that your salary is small. Then God now opened one big house for you and you are living there. So people will now come and say, what is the secret? You know, when we don't know something, that's how it is in science also, just human beings. We have to try and make sense out of life. When we don't know, are you getting me? What we try to do is that the best possible explanation we can bring is what we offer. So you now say that I asked the Lord and then I began to see then I began to declare, and people who are walking in the flesh will go home and say the ways by which they okay got his house was that first of all he had the vision of the kind of place that he likes to live in. Today you will say, What kind of place do I like? Then you start drawing the kind of house you have been to that your covetous soul desires. Do you follow my point? I went to a house the other day, I got confused. I saw a beautiful house. I looked and said, eh? And this is not yet heaven. 
Let me not go further. So you go there and say, eh, this is the kind you start believing. So you know the okay told you what? He, began, he asked the Lord. They began to declare it. And I said, amen, in the name of Jesus. Seven bedrooms, mansion, with jacuzzi in all the rooms, with a car park that can park seven cars. You don't have one, but you know, you can park seven cars. You keep declaring and declaring. Seven years later, even you have given up on the declaration. You know why he told you what he told you? He had nothing else to tell you. If he really knew, the Bible says he himself does not know how. He should have just told you what happened. Bros, I don't know. You know what happened was that they were looking for, you know I was looking for a house that time now. All I had was 150000 I had to pay. I didn't, but then, I just went to church. Then they were now saying, one man said he needed a responsible person that can take care of his house. And then my friend now pointed to him, to him that I'm very responsible. So the man now said, okay, the 150000 that I have, I should be using to clear the compound. And that he's going to be gone for six years. So that's how you find me a house with seven bedrooms and jacuzzi everywhere. It's not more than that. It's not your faith. Leave it. Stop pretending. But why did you get the house? It is simple. It is because you chose to walk in the kingdom. The time of needing a house. Heaven sat and said, where is this messenger going? And God, and let me tell you the truth. I have, I, very few people believe this. In fact, I don't know anybody else that believes it apart from those who have heard me. They say God does not change the past. I don't believe it. God changes the past. If God needs to build, if God, see, in the center of independence layout, okay, let's leave independence layout. GRA as an example. Maybe there's no empty land anymore that's up to 30,000 square meters. Are you getting my point? Let me tell you the truth. Listen to what I'm going to say. It's not a joke. If God needs empty land in GRA today, that's 30,000 square meters. You know what he'll do? He will go there and create 30,000 square meters and not break down a house. You know, say, how will he do it? I don't know how he will do it. But one thing that will happen is that you will get there, find the land, then the story will start. That one military administrator carved it out 25 years ago. And then this happened and this happened, this happened. And then there was contention in the court. And they are fighting over it, so it was finally settled last year. So the community now is ready to release it to whoever will pay. That story. It was when God rewound back to 25 years ago, created a new narrative for people to explain land that came out of nowhere. That is the God that I said. He changes yesterday. That's why I just want to have a vision, have a vision. If you know the God you are dealing with, stop having stupid visions. The kind of thing he wants to do, you can't even dream of it. Kingdom, those who work in it, they don't plan their own lives. They don't. God plots it for them. They discover things as they go on. He plots it. He plots it for them. You think Jesus planned personally to die in Jerusalem? No. It was just explained to him, this is the ministry you have come here to do. And no prophet will die outside Jerusalem. So when it was dying time, he said, boys, let's go to Jerusalem. Everybody that tried to kill him outside Jerusalem, he said, you are wasting your time. Why? That is, he was working in a kingdom. His life had been planned ahead for him. He said, the days of my life, they were all written in thy books before there was even one of them. Now, let me end with one thing. 
The fact that God has written the days of your life does not mean you walk in those days. It will only work like that if you choose. That's one thing to walk in. It's a choice you make. It's a choice you make. Many people are not walking in the days that God wrote for them. Why? Because God wrote that book as a kingdom script. God wrote that book as a kingdom script. Listen, let me tell you about Christianity. You don't go and learn Christian principles to live fleshly lives. No, it's not permitted. God does not allow you to go and learn Christian principles to live fleshly lives. No, it's not permitted. You use Christian principles to live the kingdom life. In the kingdom, your life does not belong to you. How do you enter into the kingdom? He said, by being what? Born again. Next time I'll go ahead and explain that. But what I wanted to say today, which I really have not gotten into properly, is to let us know that we have to each and each one of us individually deliberately make up our minds where we want to live. Before you go home and go and say, hey, I want to go in the kingdom. Jesus said, listen, count the cost. See all this one, Panky has preached to you this evening. Go home and count the cost. Because what will come to you after you step into the kingdom, you don't know. Your life is going to be like that of Abraham, not knowing what tomorrow holds. If you are not ready to live like that, just remain in your well-planned life. At the age of 30, you will start your mortgage, pay, what's the name of that, uh, people? Federal Mortgage Bank, over 35 years. At the age of 65, you will have one house, another one for your children. You will have had two cars, changing once in a while. Then you you die, like all those people that just lived, gave birth, and died. You know, you, you know sometimes they tell civil servants, go and start a business. After they retire, I say, stop that nonsense. Eat your money. Don't let me go into that one now. <laughs> Sometimes don't be adventurous. Business, you've not done all your life. You want to start after you retire. You should know that it will fail. Do you need a spirit to come and tell you to fail? I said, just go and build the house and be collecting rent with your, with your gratuity. That's what God is saying to people who don't want to enter the kingdom. Just settle in the mediocre life you have. If coronavirus kills you, you died in peace. If it's a snake that bites you and you die, fine. If you live to be 80 years old, many people who are not living in the kingdom... Live to be 80. Just go and live your average, you know, destiny-less life. But I can guarantee you, God is saying, there will be no trouble. If trouble comes to affect you, but if there is no serious trouble, you can plot by your life, look for where they are not, they don't often have troubles. Like, I can go to Switzerland, they don't often have trouble. Which other country do you know that don't have trouble often? Cool your, you know, just cool your life. What will come out of it, I don't know, but at least you won't have much trouble. If you want to enter the kingdom, then get ready. The ride may be rough. Yes, it may be rough. For Paul, it was rough. It's exciting. It's fulfilling. But it may be rough. The point about the kingdom is that you don't know what it's going to bring. Apart from one thing. You're sure that wherever it takes you, God is going to be there with you. I know what David said. In your presence, there's what? And at your right hand, there are what? Pleasures evermore. That's what the Bible says. That is, even though you don't know what it's going to bring, you can be rested in one thing. That there will always be what? Fullness of joy. There will be satisfaction. And that satisfaction is not a joke. That's what people are looking for. That's what they are looking for. 
like I said, what I wanted to get into today, I don't know whether I got into it, but I just introduced it like that today. Is we have to make up our minds. It's a deliberate set of actions we take to enter into the kingdom. Do you ask yourself, the tree of life was there. Why did Adam not eat of it? Why did God drive him away after he ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? I hope you're getting my point here. Because Adam was supposed to take certain steps, make some critical choices to qualify him for eating of that tree of life. He had not been allowed to eat it at that point because he had not reached that point. What am I going to say? This life, all of us will have to make critical choices. God will make critical demands to remove the things that are binding us to the flesh. Because you know what? God is looking for people. Now, I want to say this prophetically. God is looking for people that will carry his power into different sectors of this life. Look, people who, look, people that God used, listen, Elijah was not confessing. There will be no rain. There will be no rain in the name of Jesus. I come to the anointing of God upon me. There will be no rain in this land. It was not sweat. It was, I'm angry. There will be no rain until I say so. He had been in council with God. Between him and God, he had decided. There's a kind of power God gives people. Listen to me. They will go into the bush in Nigeria and say, okay, enough of headsmen kidnapping. I need to stop. We may have been praying for a long time, but God will put an anointing upon somebody. He will just look and say, okay, it is enough. Many times people will just say, okay, coronavirus is moving up and down. Let's join our hands. God, not here in the name of Jesus. God will say, ah, if they say so, no. Corona angel, divert, divert. Back to China, back to China. <laughs> but you know what? He's pinning his heart. He said, Banky, I can hardly find people that can put such power into their hands. Once I give them power, somebody will tell them that it's your time. Because when they stand, people will gather around them. And I say, Pastor, if we can send each person a bottle of oil for two five, count. That's what happens. That's what happens. New doctrines will come up. People will say, Look, this is our time to build. It's our time to build. Next thing they know, they've gotten to building projects, establishing a kingdom, establishing this, doing that. Anointing will disappear again. And then look at Jesus just like this. And tears will drop from his eyes. He starts looking all over again. One prayer I pray all the time. God, please, oh, whatever you have invested in me, don't let me waste it. I said it to you last time, I'm saying it again. I'm not joking about it. If it costs poverty to fully manifest the power of God on this earth, may I be poor. I'm not joking. That's not a joke. Listen, people of God, there's nothing wrong with being poor financially. It's not a big deal. The church that God said, I have no issue against you in Revelation, he said, I know of your poverty. That's what he said to them. He said, but come, let me tell you, you are rich. The richest church in Revelation, he said to them, you are blind, you are miserable, you are poor, you are wretched, you are naked. And they were the richest, the church in Laodicea. If you think Boko Haram is the problem, forget that. You know. Jesus has a worse problem. If I want to see Boko Haram matter, he said, boys, I'm not fighting Boko Haram because they are not a problem. His men are not a problem. You want to see problem, follow me to church. They now sit with Jesus. Jesus, 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 just watch it. That guy will soon start preaching and say he's preaching for me. Look, what's my own message? What's my assignment? Jesus said, who wants to walk with me so I can send them out to do things for me? Let's bow down our heads. God says, who wants to walk with me 
so I can send them out to do things for me on this earth. Each one of us, let us yield. Let's yield ourselves to the Lord. Let's yield ourselves to the Lord. Let's yield ourselves to the Lord again this evening. Just in your own words, say, Lord, take me, enter the kingdom. Let's continue to pray and yield ourselves to God again this evening and ask for grace. Let's pray. Let's pray. Say, Lord, it is your kingdom. My focus is your kingdom. Therefore, everything that it will require, I ask for your grace. I'm not saying I can do it by my strength. I'm not saying I can do it by my strength. It is your grace that I ask for. Therefore, Lord, give me grace. Every uh, worldliness that I need to strip myself of, I receive grace. As you begin to point those areas to me, I receive grace to drop things that I need to drop. I receive grace to cut those things off. Can, can we pray? Say, Lord, I receive grace to cut those things off. It's not by your power. It's not going to be by your strength. It's as God supplies you grace. Because some of these decisions are going to be crazy. Some of these decisions are going to... They are not pleasant decisions. But let's just ask that the Lord will give us grace to cut off those things that we need to cut, to cut off worldliness. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray that the word of the Lord that has come this evening will become flesh in my life. That I will forever focus on the kingdom. That my focus will not be on something else, but it shall be the kingdom and the kingdom alone. Father, we thank you for your word that you have sent, that you have brought to us again this evening. We receive it with thanksgiving. And we run, Lord, with this grace that you have supplied this evening. In Jesus' name we have prayed.